Hey everyone, welcome back to this week's episode of the Three Things Podcast. This is a super, super mega special episode. I don't know if that's too many adjectives, but I'm going to roll with it. This is the 50th episode, so I brought in my boy, my best friend, John Moljo, to do something a little different. So I don't ask him three specific things. But what I wanted to do with this episode was basically give John three different scenarios where I am a person who lacks a leadership quality and he is someone who has to navigate working with me on a day-to-day basis, how he would go about those interactions so that those who may find themselves in tough situations, whether it be at work, with a coworker, at home, I don't know where, but to kind of shed some light as to how to go about navigating situations with tough leadership. So... In my mind, there's a lot of information out there about what leaders do really well, but there's not a lot of information about how to deal with people who lead with uh, certain qualities lacking. We'll just, we'll leave it at that. So this is a really good episode. Again, the landmark 50th episode with my dude, John Moljo. Enjoy this. I'll see you next week. Okay. Are you, are we going to, we're going to go, we got to go with the basic intro. You got to start with who you are, where you are, what you do, and turn that phone off, John. I'm unplugging the phone. I'm going to totally start with that. This is all staying and I'm not editing any of this out. It's a, oh, I, I'm, not, I'm not editing any of this out. This is how the podcast is going to start. Cool. You yelling, I'm unplugging the phone. Ah. I'm telling you, unplug the phone. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not holding on. Don't mute me. Do not mute me. This phone calls, whatever. If you answer that phone, I'm leaving this in. Everyone's going to hear you answering the phone on this podcast. Phone's unplugged. <laughs> okay, let's break it down. Give them the intro who you are, what you do, where you do it, and why. Uh, so, Casey, happy to be back. I feel like uh, this is what the fourth, fifth. So I think it's like, you, yeah, something like that. For those of you who uh, don't know who I am, I am John Moljo. I am the owner at Team Moljo Strength and Conditioning. We are located in Shrub Oak, New York. It's Westchester County. We operate a 5,000 square foot facility, soon to be 6,500, 7,000 once we uh, start building out our basement. Uh, we're primarily an appointment-based facility. We offer personal training small group training, and group classes. Uh, we primarily serve student athletes, grades five and up, and general population. Boom. That's it. If you haven't listened to any of John's episodes, I think there's been three or four. Um, your first one has some longevity. I think it's in like the top five most downloaded or most played. top three, now I'm only top five? Yeah, yeah you have. There's some, there's some podcasts like – all you need to know is Lisa Bunn is like 300 downloads ahead of everyone else. It's insane. And I'm trying to get her back on the pod because her, it's unreal. It's like, I look at the numbers and I'm like, Lisa Bunn pays people to pay, listen to her podcast or something. I don't know. But um, John's podcasts have always been fantastic. We talked training. We talked business. We talked on a ferry once. It was fantastic. But this three things, for those that don't know, the three things podcast is three things that I have written down 
John or in any of guests really doesn't know what they are. Um, this one is a little different because it's not really three things. It's three scenarios um, that I want to play out with John. Uh, one of the big topics that I'm trying to cover this whole year, 2019 for me really has been dedicated towards helping those who are in specifically a commercial gym, which is where I base my life out of. And really the reasoning is I feel like commercial gyms get bad rap as far as careers and personal trainers. Like it all, everyone always kind of makes it seem like you've got to have one, your own gym two your own training system to really be top of the line and, and whatnot. But I would almost beg to differ that commercial gyms, big box gyms offer a lot of, um, value, a lot of perks, a lot of uniqueness as far as a career goes. Um, but sometimes, depending on leadership and, and structure and operations, they can just be very difficult. So uh, if you're a fitness manager, fitness director, personal trainer in a big box gym, this episode is going to be geared towards helping you. So without further ado, John, we've talked a little bit about this. I didn't tell him the whole three things, but I did tell him the idea behind this. So instead of three talking prompts, what we're going to have today is three different leadership scenarios. So I am going to be a difficult manager, a difficult leader, a difficult director. Um, and I don't want to say a shitty manager. Like I was talking to John before this and push record. I don't want to say a shitty manager. Maybe I'm just someone who lacks a specific leadership quality. And John is going to be the coach, the personal trainer, or, or really in any context, the person who works for me, underneath me, or reports to me. Victim. I'm going to be the victim. Yeah. Yeah. John is the victim and he's going to explain how he would navigate or work with that tough or difficult leader. So John is in a very difficult situation right now as the person that has to answer this. So we're not talking leadership like qualities, which I think a lot of people do a really good job of saying, here are good things that leaders can do and good leaders demonstrate, but not a lot of people are saying, here is how you work with difficult leaders. So that's what we're going to do today. I probably should have just said that. Um, John Moljo, are you ready? That's a great, that, that's, that one line is all you needed. I'm going to just make that the, uh, the teaser clip for this, this podcast. It's actually going to be me talking and not you. So tough shit. <laughs> um, so are you ready, John? Uh, yes, let's okay. do this. So this is one, and I honestly think this is a leadership flaw that I personally have. So I want to start with that because I'm selfish and I want to see how you would navigate me. Um, I have a tendency, and I think that some people, you know, this is very prevalent where I actually like, I I'm too friendly. Like I, I, I don't necessarily say I want to be your best friend when I manage you, but I definitely fade into the idea that I develop a very, very personal relationship with the people that I work with, which at times allows me to be, um, like just as far as like accountability goes, it's really hard for me to cross the lines when I have to flip the switch and really drive accountability. Um, so how would you go about like navigating or working with someone who really is just kind of like wants to be your friend versus someone who is maybe your leader, your mentor, or someone you're trying to learn from and kind of gather resources from. So let me, let me interpret that question. So what you're saying is you are pretty much a pushover and you can't hold staff accountable. Yes. Because you fear jeopardizing the potential positive relationship you have with staff members. Yes. So I am a staff member 
who maybe continues to underperform, but I'm not being held accountable due to fear of conflict on your end. Yes. Yes. So Uh, you're just plowing me with everything and I'm just like taking it. So what do I do as, as the staff member to make you better so that I can be better? Yeah. Like what if, so what if you are like a young hungry coach who's like, man, like this person like isn't really helping me. And I know it sounds weird to maybe the people listening to this are like, uh, as a staff member, that's awesome because I probably have someone like not really like micromanaging me. But what I do have is someone who really just doesn't offer a lot of structure, doesn't offer a lot of uh, support and probably pushes like the friendship barrier and friendship boundary too far. What do you do? Got it. So I think that is, that is a very good opportunity to, you know, coach up on someone, right? I think anytime there's a leader and their staff, there needs to be an adopted team oriented culture, right? And the team has to have a goal. They have to have direction. They have to have, um, you know, something that as a group collectively they're pushing towards. And this goal has to constantly be revisited, reviewed, audited, and adjusted whenever see fit. Um, because that's going to let you know, hey, are we, are we underperforming? Are we overperforming? Are we right on track? Um, and if I'm a, uh, a team member and I feel like uh, the person in control of the leader is you know, perhaps not delivering um, as best as he could be, it, it might just start with a simple conversation. I think, and I think what I'm going to go over now is going to be a principle for any situation that you give me, right? So there's no room for, for ego and there's no room for being a dick because that's never going to solve anything, right? So I think as long as everyone has a positive attitude and you're self-aware about how you're going to be perceived in a situation, and as long as you realize that how you're being perceived is going to be in a respectful manner, I think that's going to create the best environment for everyone to make change and grow. So, you know, coaching up is something that I feel like not a lot of people do. And when I was young, um, it's something that I kind of did have to do, especially in the areas of business and sales and driving, um, driving a department forward. So it's got to come, it's got to come down to a a conversation uh, with the team leader and saying, Hey, look, uh, I feel like that I could be performing a little bit better. Um, and in order for me to perform a little bit better, uh, I'm going to need help in these areas. Um, you know, would you be willing to help me? So you're asking for, for permission and any leader is not going to say, no, I'm not willing to help you. Their job is to help you. Their job is to help you perform. But if you approach it respectfully and you approach it with the mindset that like, I want to do better for everyone I think, again, the environment that created is going to be more team oriented. They're going to want to help you. Um, and they're going to be more, you know, susceptible to wanting to listen to the recommendations and the criticisms you may have um, for the current situation. If you're like, oh, man, I really don't think you're doing your job. You could be doing better. Like, you really suck at this. Like, people are people. And once you tell, like, once you tell them that, they're going to be, uh, they're going to be defensive they're probably not going to like you. And if they don't like you, they're not going to want to help you. Um, so it's going to come down to how you, how you're perceived, right? And you want to be perceived positive. You want to be perceived respectful, but you also want to be perceived as someone who wants to drive not only yourself forward, but the entire team and organization forward. 
Boom. Love that answer. I think that one thing that I pulled out there is like just how specific those questions were and the goals were that you presented um, like as, as the person presenting that to their leader, like, Hey, these are specific areas that I want to get better at. I need you to specifically hold me accountable to these areas and basically say, it almost is like, if you don't want to manage me and you want to be my friend, here's what I need you to, I need you to actually do this. Like here's, here's the principles and the, and the core concepts that I need you to help me with. So the I, specific nature I think is, is spot on. And I think, you know, in your in your particular scenario, right? You have someone you have to answer to as well, right? So you probably have financial metrics you have to hit, you have performance metrics you have to hit. So if you have a staff member who says, hey, I really wanna help us hit, not only hit these metrics, but surpass these metrics. And um, I think collectively, if we work together and you help me in X, Y, Z areas, um, it's gonna be achievable. You as a leader, it's a no brainer. Wait, so you want to help me drive the department forward? You want to help me overperform on my metrics? It's only going to make me look better in the eyes of the people that I have to answer to. So it's kind of a win-win for you. It's a win for the staff member and it's a win for the organization as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Um, and I, again, I, that might be a confusing scenario to some people, but, um, you know, for some people, they, you know, especially if you're and a lot of people who listen to this podcast are shout out to SoundCloud demographics, they're like 23 to 27. So they might be like young and hungry and like being a commercial gym and be like, this place sucks. My leader just doesn't care or just wants to be my friend and doesn't actually want to manage me, which I think is, it, it does happen. Um, the second scenario is the, the me, me, me director, the me, me, me boss who, you know, in this case, I think of the e-myth who this was probably the trainer who was like the best trainer on staff and was crushing sessions and was just very like, like just hitting their numbers every month and management looks at them and goes, wow, you're doing really great. You obviously are our best trainer. So you now need to be our fitness director. And they are like, yeah, I'll take more money and I'll just, you know, manage the staff. But really it's about me, my clients, how I do my stuff. And, and they're maybe not the most helpful person. Um, they're probably not very systems oriented. So they really don't care how you train your clients because they really only care about their clients and their results. And this is what I'm doing. And I just basically submit your payroll and take my pay raise, whatever it might be. Um, if you're being led by that person, and you're like, wow, this guy's, this guy's probably a fucking, or, or girl, I mean, I'm be sexist here. Um, this person's an asshole. Um, they only care about themselves. How do you navigate that person? So again, let me interpretate. So the- yeah, owner, I like your interpretations. This is the, good. The, all right, so the, the, uh, the leader, right, the fitness manager, whoever you're referring to, um, they're very task-driven. More specifically, they're, they're driven towards their, their personal metrics, their personal goals. Um, they're not necessarily good at uh, empowering and delegating and being supportive for the people that they work with. Um, and they're a leader just by position, right? Yes. Right. So they become a fitness manager and people need to understand the difference between, you know, management and leadership. If someone overperforms and they're awarded a management position doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, they're going to be a good leader and someone who has to, you know, constantly enforce their, their position, right? I'm your manager. So you have to do this. Um, 
they're probably in the wrong spot. And I know I'm not supposed to like they're 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 the leader. They're they're, they're this person I'm supposed to be coaching up. Um, so if I'm a if I'm a staff member, right? I need to under I need to understand that, right? Be, um, I don't want to say necessarily empathetic, but I need to do a very good job of trying to look through the lens of the person that I'm working with, because the better I can understand the way they think, uh, the better I'll be able to navigate um, around that person. So you're really going to have to adapt and some people have a lot of trouble doing that, right? So just like your leader is going to be stuck in their ways and this is what they're going to do. Um, you know, some trainers want to be stuck in their ways and this is what they're going to do. And if you have two conflicting personalities, you have two conflicting agendas, it's not going to work. Somebody's got to give. And for the sake of this podcast, the person who's got to give is the trainer, right? So if the person is, crushing sessions, if the person is, um, you know, overperforming on their metrics, right, they're doing something right, they're a good trainer, and if one of your major responsibilities is to do the same thing, I think you need to kind of have a conversation and say, hey, look, I think it's very admirable that, you know, month after month, you're delivering the sessions that you're supposed to be, your clients keep coming back, your retention is great, so you start to get them to feel good, um, and give them acknowledgement for the, the job that they're doing well, rather than constantly pointing out what they're not doing well, and that's managing you. So, you know, give them feedback about the things that they are doing well, because at the end of the day, if they're crushing sessions, they're doing their job, and they're so busy hitting individual goals, they don't have time for you. Um, isn't that something that you would kind of want? You want to be crushing your goals as well. So, you know, ask the person, if they've got time to maybe have a conversation and again, start that conversation positively, uh, start that conversation um, self-aware with how you could potentially be perceived, right? So if, if you sit down with that person and you say, hey, um, you know, I've noticed month after month, you've been doing incredibly well with your sessions. It seems to have paid off for you. You were promoted to management. I really, really admire how successful you've been. Um, and I kind of want to embody that. I want to be able to perform the way you perform. Um, and I want to be able to drive this department forward. So see if that person's willing to have a conversation. Um, and perhaps they might not be, perhaps they're going to be so busy that they're, they're not going to really care to have a conversation with you. Um, so then you have to adjust, be as observant as possible. What are they doing to perform the way they're performing and be on the outside looking in and try and take, take some notes. Um, this person is, you know, it's, it's, they're a blessing and a curse, right? They're leading by example, right? If they're doing all of the things, hit their metrics, there's a lot to learn for that. But some people don't learn that way. Some people need to be coached. They need to have conversations. They need to be um, observed. They need immediate feedback. So if, you, if you're aware that the person isn't that way, do as best as you can to just be observant, learn what you can from that person. And again, always be respectful and do as, as good of a job as you can. But these people, they're, they're, they're a challenge. They're a challenge to work for. But again, you're the person who has to adjust. You're the person who has to provide that, that interpersonal agility to accommodate them because you have to respect the chain of command. They're the boss. And if they don't like what you do and they are within their right to, to terminate you, um, they will exercise that right whether 
they like you or not because they're so goal oriented. So yeah. always be respectful of the chain of command. Yeah. I like, and I think what kind of like, just as we have this conversation, what one thing that keeps coming back in my mind is, is like, there's, there's good leaders, there's bad leaders, and then there's good followers and there's bad followers. And, and, and like another point to this, this whole podcast would be like how to be a better follower, which I mean, people I think kind of make a followers are like bad. Like, I don't want to be a follower. I want to be a leader. But like, if you are following a leader, you have to report to someone. It's in your best interest to understand how to best navigate that relationship and best navigate the communication strategies that maybe aren't presented like, or aren't necessarily like on the front of your mind or top of mind awareness. So um, again, just kind of reiterating like the point of these conversations is like, man, yeah, this is a situation that I find myself like this person that I report to is difficult. Like, how do I have these conversations? Like, how do I make my current situations better? John Moljo, that was a fantastic answer. Right. And like newsflash, you're, even as a personal trainer working for a manager, like you're, you're likely going to work for more people. I don't want to necessarily say you dislike, but working with people is challenging, right? And if the people are always going to change, if they're going to be the variable all the time, then you have to be the constant to make that equation work, right? And the constant for you is being willing to adjust, being willing to adapt, not taking anything um, personal. And the same is gonna, gonna apply for when you work with clients as well, right? Because clients are essentially gonna be your leaders. They're the ones that pay your bills. And we all have challenging clients at times, right? You have to adjust to the personalities of your clients. You have to adjust to the agendas and the schedules of your clients. Um, you know, so I think the theme here is uh, to be successful, especially in the fitness industry, when you're constantly dealing with people, you have to have like a chameleon personality and you have to mesh into the personality that works best for uh, the person that you're with. And, you know, if you're young, right, if you're 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 years old, and you haven't spent a lot of time around people, this is going to be a challenge for you because everything about your instinct is going to be this person sucks. I don't want to be around them. Um, you know, and, and with experience and spending more time around people, you tend to learn about different personalities and you tend to learn how to handle these different personalities. And that's a skill. And if a 21 year old came in and, you know, they told me that they can work with multiple personalities, I'd call bullshit on it. Like I was 21, I was 22, I was 23. Like I had a lot of trouble dealing with personalities because I have a very strong personality. I'm 30 years old now and I lead a team and I still have a challenge dealing with personalities. That's a skill that you have to constantly uh, work on and you have to be willing to adjust and hopefully you'll surround yourself with people who are kind of willing to reciprocate that and adjust to you as well. Yeah. Spot on. Wow. This is, this was, I mean, so I didn't say this to start. I'll say this in the intro because I pre-record those later on, but this is the landmark 50th episode and John Mulder, you're bringing some heat right now, man. This is a good, this is a good, you know, like we're on the topic of leadership. And in my introduction, uh, I forgot to say that I'm a co-founder of the leadership accountability business fitness consultants too. So I got to give a plug for the lab. Uh, I got to give a plug to my boy and, and business partner, Neil Snyder. Definitely check us out. We'll be having a workshop at team Moljo, uh, May 11th. I believe Casey will be presenting as well. You know it. So 
definitely check us out. If you want information about that workshop, you can give me an email at jmoljo at tmoljo.com. Happy to give you the itinerary, let you know what topics we'll be discussing. Very, very good stuff for young fitness professionals and trainers looking to grow their business and probably talk about things along the lines that we're discussing right now. Yeah, it's, uh, I'll definitely put that in the, uh, in the notes in the beginning. Um, and for those of you that maybe this is the first time you've listened to John talk again, you got to check out those other podcasts because I mean, John, like you just said, the, the first word in the lab is leadership. And, and that's something that John is, has presented on. I've heard him present on and, and he nails it. Um, John Mulder, are you ready for the last personality type? They go. Okay, so this can be interpreted as two, there's like two different people that fit, I think, this mold, and they might be slightly different, but they're also very similar. So this is like the passerby manager. This is the person that's like, well, I'm just here serving my time. I'm either here just serving my time because I think I'm better, like they have super ego, and they're like, I think I'm better than this position, so I'm just going to do this until I move on to my next thing, and it's not going to be where I'm at, or this person is... Um, you know, they've probably been in this position for a decade plus and it's like same shit, different day. I'm just here punching the clock. I really have no interest in helping you. I really have no interest in probably helping myself. I do the same shit every day. Um, I have my core six clients that have trained with me for like eight plus years. You know what? They're just kind of there and there's not a whole lot happening. Um, you know, they're just kind of like the passerby manager, the passerby leader is kind of how I, how I think of it. Um, what do you do when you work for someone like that? All right. So again, let me, uh, let me interpret. I love your interpretations. They're so, so spot on. Right. So you're pretty much working. You don't have a boss. You don't have a manager. Yeah. So this person doesn't acknowledge you, doesn't hold you accountable doesn't give you recognition on a poor job, doesn't give you recognition on a great job, um, and doesn't seem to care about the environment and business that they're in. Yeah, they're not necessarily a negative person. They're just so neutral on everything that they're just kind of a, a, a body. They're just there. Got it. <clears throat> okay. So my, my, my thought process in this case is you pretty much work for yourself at this point, right? If you don't have someone who is pulling you down nor elevating you and they're neutral, then I think, I think the best way to approach this is like, hey, I'm my own boss. I know that I'm not going to hear anything good or bad um, from the person that I'm working with. So I think that's a good opportunity. And I think I think most fitness professionals need to do this anyway, right? You need to treat yourself as a business. A lot of people treat personal training, um, one as a hobby, right? They just kind of do it um, just to get enjoyment out of it and maybe like make a little bit of money. <clears throat> or they too treat it like a job and they're constantly exchanging time for money. They're not necessarily focused on a bigger picture about how they can scale themselves, how they can build like a long-term career. But, excuse me, when you start to think of yourself as a business, right, it's going to 
it's going to change how you approach clients. It's going to change how you approach your career. It's going to change how you spend your time, right? Because when you look at all the components required to building a business, it's not just working with people, but it's prospecting. It's constantly learning and developing. It's, you know, being excellent at building rapport, developing relationships, sales is going to be a component of it, marketing yourself, right? Systemizing things. So when you start to think of personal training as a business, right? You can embody almost this entrepreneurial spirit. So this person, like you work for yourself. So what, what is it going to take for you to be successful, right? You need to be motivated. Um, you need to want to do good regardless of what the example is being of the example that's being set for you. Um, you, you need to be skilled, right? So you need to be motivated to go acquire skills that you might need. So if your manager isn't going to be the person that, that helps you learn, that helps you grow, look, you got to be more resourceful. There's lots of opportunities out there. There's lots of people to connect with. Maybe there's other people within the club who could be helpful. Maybe it's an opportunity for you to kind of step up and demonstrate to the rest of the team that maybe you're a good fit for the position that this guy has. It seems like they have a foot inside and a foot outside already. Um, so if, if you change your attitude, change your mindset, again, always be respectful to the person that's in command to protect yourself, but, you know, thrive become more motivated, try and acquire more skills on your own, develop the discipline and, and skills it takes to grow your business. And don't be selfish with it, right? If you start to share that with the other um, staff members, then they might look to you as the person who could potentially help them elevate their game. And if people start to view you as that, hopefully you'll get noticed and hopefully you'll get some reward for the notice. And even if you don't get rewarded, look, you're making yourself better. You're increasing your skills. That's only going to improve your potential opportunities in the future. It's only going to enhance your career in the future. So, you know, going with the mindset, like, look, I'm my own boss. I've got no one stopping me, right? This guy isn't preventing me from doing anything, but he's also not giving me the push I need to grow. So you have to like really elevate your level of self-motivation and start to educate yourself on what it takes to grow start to learn more about your company and how you could serve your company a little bit better um, and be a team player, right? Try and not necessarily, you know, get this guy out the door and take his position, but, you know, get yourself noticed by doing the right things and being respectful while you're doing it. Boom. I got nothing to add because that was awesome. Um, I think that that might be the most prevalent manager that a lot of people find mm. is just the complacent guy, you know, or complacent lady. They're just there. And I really like how you spun that. It's like now you have a kind of shot to see what it's like for you to develop your own skills. Like you, you don't have a boss. Like you're your own boss at that point. So, uh, you know, if, if you can't create your own leadership for yourself and when you're in that situation, it's probably going to be pretty telling about what you're able to do down the line should you want to venture out into a different avenue. Um, and, and, I will, and I will add, uh, I think a, a management kind of personality that you missed is someone who, someone who really like puts a ceiling on you, right? So maybe you've got these ideas, you've got opportunities, you've 
you're very innovative and creative and you want to push things forward, but you never feel like your voice can be heard. You never feel like what you say is well received. You feel like that the environment isn't an environment for innovation and creativity, that there's a potential ceiling um, on, on your ability to grow. You have to speak the language of of that manager, right? So if personal trainers understand the KPIs of their manager, right? So my manager is gonna be held accountable by his manager for X, for Y, for Z. If I can help him over deliver on X, Y, and Z through these things, then they're probably gonna be more receptive to it. But a lot of trainers don't speak the language of their manager, nor do they know, um, you know, what's, up the chain from their manager, right? So just because you have a disconnection between your manager, you need to become more aware about the connection between your manager and whoever they have to answer to, because perhaps they're having an issue with the leadership that they're supposed to be, um, you know, responsible to. So you might not be able to look all the way up the chain of command, but I think everyone is competent enough and it's more than reasonable to, to put an effort towards figuring out what it is your manager has to uh, deliver on, what it is that they're responsible for, what it is that's going to make them look good in their position. And, you know, you could have the greatest ideas in the world, but if those ideas disconnect to what this manager is going to be held accountable to, then he's never going to listen to you. So people will always have great ideas, thought processes, and want to do all of these things. Um, but at the end of the day, do, how do those things align with what your manager is going to be held responsible for? So start speaking in the language that's going to make them look successful. And if what you're doing, the agenda will help that person um, look better, help that person perform better, then I think they will be receptive. And if they're not, unfortunately, you just have a poor person in the position um, and find another job. <laughs> well, we're trying to avoid that one. Right, uh, right. And like, that was like, before we did this, I told John, like, what you're not allowed to do is just give the answer of fuck this person and I'm quitting. You should quit. Go find someplace else to work. Like, cause that's probably, you know, like if you're like me and you're in Northern Vermont, like there's, there's four gyms, you know, like where, what do you, you know, if you've got a good thing going and you're in like the biggest, baddest health club in the area, you know, like why would you really want to leave if you've got a good platform? So I think that it's a lot of times it's just, it, it's easier to fix something that might be broken than to just throw it away and replace something altogether. So I, I think personal trainers now, they have so much constant opportunity that once they face a minimal amount of adversity, the immediate immediate reaction is to, all right, like there's a problem here. So I'm going to completely shift to something else. And, you know, one thing I, I will want to share is like, maybe the market's changing, maybe the industry is changing, people's mindsets are changing. But one thing I know that successful people don't do is they don't quit. And I'm not saying that if you're in like a toxic environment, not to leave it, but chances are whatever issue you're facing, you're going to face that issue again. And if you don't learn how to address issues, if you don't build the habit of overcoming problems and dealing with shit, then you're probably not going to be successful in fitness. And 
you know, maybe your definition of success might be a little bit different, but all personal trainers should be striving to have a packed schedule to be delivering exceptional results to their clients, to be someone who's well known in the industry and respected amongst um, and above all, look to give back and drive the industry forward. And, um, you know, that, that's what success should look like. It's not necessarily a monetary value. It's not necessarily like a bunch of Instagram followers or likes, but you know, if you're going to be successful, remember quitting is a habit. And if you're always going to quit, then you're never going to reach that. And we need people in the industry. Like now it's becoming so, so competitive. We need people in the industry who are willing to put up with nonsense because that's anywhere you go. Um, so successful people don't quit, right? Deal with the problems, build the habit of problem solving, build the habit of taking punches in the face and be able to get up and throw punches back because that that's life, right? You're going to see those issues everywhere else. And I just found my snippet for the teaser when I post this on social media. So uh, that was Fuego. Um, John Moljo, I do not have a speed round today. I'm a bad person, but I do have Good one round. question for you. I do have one last question. Are you in Shrub Oak considered upstate New York? Whoa. All right. <clears throat> so are you asking 30-year-old John or are you asking 12-year-old? Or 13-year-old John. I am asking you right now, 30-year-old John Moljo. At 30 years old. Are Shrub, you in upstate New York? Shrub Oak is not upstate New York. Wow. I've heard anything north of Westchester County is, is upstate. Right. So I'm in Westchester County. Is that so that is that's not upstate. Westchester County is not I would, upstate. I would argue that right now, at this point in my life. Westchester County is not upstate New York. Now, I can completely empathize with people who are from uh, south of White Plains and Long Island, right? Anything north of like Yonkers is the boondocks. <laughs> you know, now having spent majority of my life um, in this area and going to school in SUNY Plattsburgh and having venturing off to other areas of New York and actually using common sense and looking at a map of New York, right? Because it's painted black and white right there it is not upstate it's amazing gosh i i just anyone from new york i love asking that question because it's so different so different um john moljo you are the landmark 50th episode of the three things um you've had probably like 10 percent of the episodes which you rightfully deserve um i look forward to number whatever 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 maybe maybe at the lab event i'll tell you what at the lab event if you want to do a live three things we can do it with this we can do that so um john moljo you're the man i appreciate you coming on dude always an honor and a pleasure Hi, everyone. It's Casey again. I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this week's episode, and I wanted to ask you a huge favor. I don't ask for a lot of favors, but if you could, whatever you're listening to this podcast through iTunes, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, if you could take a minute and just go write a review, I would really appreciate it. I don't get any bonus points or anything like that for it, but I really think it would help get the word out. And if this podcast has helped you, it might help someone else, and it'll do a better job of getting that word out to who might need it.